the Demon Dust Podcast, dedicated to the His Dark Materials, BBC, HBO television series, based on the works of Philip Pullman, is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II, powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Demon Dust Podcast. This is your His Dark Materials review and recap for Season 2's Episode 4, Tower of the Angels, Tora and the Angeli. I hit that uh-huh. accent perfectly. Uh, I'm Travis Bryant, Rich fan, along for the ride, per usual. Rich, what's happening? Not much besides these. Uh, I didn't know we were going with Rosetta Stone today, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to what else we got going. Yeah, somebody's out there like that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> the views of Travis Wright. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got episode four where where I thought smack dab in the middle of the season and then I was reminded I guess I knew at one point but was told and or reminded that season two was only going to be seven episodes and there was an episode that got shut down because of wait how did it get shut down because of because of Caroni and they filmed back you know when they filmed season one. Well, it was, they remember they filmed back to back, and then they had to go back and do production on some of those other episodes. So it's like they had, especially with them having that set at Bad Wolf Studios, they got the meat of most things. Whereas for the uh, Azriel episode, they didn't. They thought they were going to be able to go back and do it because commitments by the actors right and And he is of all the actors of all the two main young actors of all the people you can go back and do reshoots oh uh, McElroy sure no problem we'll do those even in even if it's a year from now even if it's two months before we air and we just do it real quick and get it and edit it in no problem because he's just already a grown man and doesn't have to worry about looking the part and, and all that but Yes, I understand if they weren't. You can't. Yeah, and he's a professional. He's not going to be like uh, my man who played Superman, right? I can't remember his name right now, who had to do the Mission Impossible movie and they had to digitally remove the mustache. Because yeah. the only other thing he was doing, which was great for him from a money-making standpoint, was doing the Sandman series, and he could do that from a studio at home. Yeah, so... So they weren't able to do th- what was going to be a, an Asriel standalone mm-hmm. episode. Uh, I just that's so interesting. Like if it's, I can't imagine it's just Asriel, right? Like, how is it just Asriel for fifty minutes? So oh, we would have yeah, probably gotten introduced to. 
uh, or reintroduced to some witches or introduced to some new witches that maybe that he has working with and for him. Uh, yes, what what happened was they made sure because they had the idea, uh, and like we were talking offline, they wanted to get Pullman's blessing and his input to make what was going to season and 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 fill that episode correct. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to complete the subtle knife, and so they competed that because with all the post production and all the special effects, you got to get it all done. Sure, the- that was a smart move. And so they were like, okay, let's go back and do it. And now, uh, and right in the middle of it, or a couple yeah. hours into shooting, they, they got shut down. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's disappointing because I, I wonder what they would have, uh, what they would have brought forward. What would have been their idea of what Azrael's doing? Because Azrael doesn't show up in the subtle knife in the book at all. He's he's mentioned obviously. He's a giant character, but. He's not there. You don't get him on screen, on the canvas at all. Um, so what he would have been doing, what they would have had him doing, it's cool because they already did it once. The season, the series started with Azrael getting those pictures up on the top of that mountain, him and Thorold. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it was him and Stalmaria, and when he got back to the place, Thorold was... Was there? Was there? But that's not how. That's not in book one at all. It's sort of referenced. You kind of, you know, when he comes in with the pictures, you're like, oh, he got those because he was standing on top of a mountain, you know, looking at the aurora borealis. Cool. Well, they give you that actually. That's how it is. And the same with, with. Um, no, I'm sorry. The series started off with. <laughs> with the next trilogy with the damn LaBelle Sauvage flood and Azrael through Scholastic so- Scholarship Sanctuary giving uh, Baby Lyra to the Master of Jordan. So so, so the show is already willing to either show stuff from the next trilogy, kind of hint at things, or fill in their own uh, storyline with Azrael up on top of the mountain. So I would have been, I would have been really interested in what they would have had uh, Azrael doing, considering what we know happens in book three, and that's obviously what they would have been drawing off. Like would we have met Balthalmus and and, uh, and well, they said in the interview they were going to tease things out for the subtle knife just to keep it safe. So when they dropped that episode, they had to tease those pieces out in the other episodes. And so their goal is, I guess, HBO and uh, BBC haven't said no, but they would like to have it recommissioned when this is over. So it could either be put in as a standalone between seasons two and three or Or just a part of season three, maybe. Yeah. And then she also said that because of covid and funding and just the creativity that they had in the time period they had to rewrite the scripts for the amber spyglass and it's going to be eight episodes standalone that's it not two seasons anymore that's a that's a lot of stuff they gotta Mm. yeah which is unfortunate but i get it i get it it's very unfortunate that's the best 
best friggin' book. I mean, of this like really awesome series, like that's the one. That, and it's and the physical like when you have the book, it's as thick as both two first two books together. Like it's it's a doozy of a book lengthwise. So they pack a lot in that last book, and because we say eight episodes isn't enough to do the Golden Compass or enough to do the Subtle Knife. I think ten episodes at least. I wouldn't be mad at thirteen. But that's just not how British TV works. British dramas, specifically. Uh, and it is a BBC show first. So, eight episodes is what it is. But, yeah. That's disappointing for the third season. At this point, you're just like, I hope we get a third season. Right. And as they said, a lot of it's been colored by anxiety. Because they, uh, you know, right now some of them are in Prague. Some people are in other parts of uh, uh, the world, and so they got to get them together and get filming, hopefully, in next month or two. Yeah, and they do like a bubble, like the NBA, get the get the NBA in, involved and teach them how to do a bubble. I mean, they could, but the big thing for them is going to be, depending on where they're at, well, with Bad Wolf, we know where they're at, uh, making sure everyone, because remember, it isn't just the actors and actresses, it's going to be the grips, the oh, camera. Sure. I mean, that's why I say get the NBA guys. They had everybody, you know, Disney, get, Disney, that, you know, get the you Disney. You uh, need a city. Logistics folks. <laughs> right, you need Disney World. Can we can we do this at Disney Euro? Or, you know, yeah, no. I, yeah, that's it's going to be tough, especially if in the middle of filming, you know, somebody gets sick or gets, sympt- uh, not symptoms, but has a positive test or something. Might not even need to be, you know, sick or coughing all over everything, but... Uh, yeah, thanks, 2020. Um, all right, let's get into the episode. Uh, last week, we had uh, the Magisterium striking back at the witches and, 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 and bombing their home. And so we had Lee getting getting hemmed up by the magisterium and getting broken out of jail by Mrs. Coulter of all people after having a bit of a what would you call that? bit of a uh, like a psychological kind of standoff with her and I guess he won and she helped him break out mm-hmm. Lyra met Mary Malone and uh, or not met Mary Malone, but went to re-meet Mary Malone and was accosted by t- the uh, the D.I. Walters and had to run from him, ran right into Boreal's arms, waiting open car door, and uh, got her alethiometer stolen. And, um... Yeah, and Will is still, uh... Will is uh, exploring the city by kind of by accident and learning new things about the the, the, the Tower of the Angels, which which we'll uh, get into right now. Uh, overall, episode four, uh, Rich, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, thumbs up. I thought it was a strong episode. I really liked. Some of the beats, especially when we start to get introduced to 
uh, Will's uh, destiny slash his purpose. And I really thought the uh, the visuals and, and kind of breaking the news that they broke uh, about what they're dealing with in terms of some of the people and some of the beings, I guess, is it was pretty they, they did it with the weight I think it deserved. We 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 get we hear from someone and at the start of the episode who I don't think gets mentioned by name or we don't know as a character until book three and that's Zafania and she's the rebel witch um, I think she's like kind of written as like maybe the first witch but she has like one of my all time favorite quotes. Uh, and I'm going to, and I'm, it's such, such a favorite quote. I'm going to butcher it, but it's like uh, life or society has been a constant fight between, um, uh, like progress and stupidity, something like that. And it just, uh, yeah, I, I felt it when I read this book the first time, and and each time uh, since, but. We hear from her, and she she pretty much gives gives the rundown on the on the subtle knife and the guild who uh, a- a- Angelica uh, referenced last week to Will, like cause when he asked uh, when he caught her looking up at the tower, she said that the guild the guild the guild built it, and they do stuff like alchemy and philosophy and. And um, R E B E L, which okay. Oh, and she basically sorry. She basically Zafania said just gave the rundown on on the guild. Uh, they had a bond. They they created a. a a, a, a knife, a subtle knife that could uh, that could cut the smallest atoms, and in the right person in the right person's hands, it could cut the very fabric that joins uh, worlds. And uh, they're the bearer. And the whole time they're show, showing like a forge. They're showing like this subtle knife being forged, and and uh, a lot of smoke, a lot of fire. And they show Chittagatse in its thriving times. Like, there's, like... I think this is supposed to be like it. Yeah. Uh, they're saying the tower is a monument to the knife. Because when you look at the tower, it has, like, this spire on top that kind of looks like uh, a blade. And that's what it's supposed to be. And they could have used the knife to benefit all of existence, but they used it for their own... Just a bunch of greedy, arrogant, you know, dudes, and they stole trinkets. Because uh, in the book, that's what uh, you learn that they just went into other worlds to to, to steal things. <laughs> you know, it's the ultimate weapon. But you just other dimensions. Uh, yeah, you just step into somebody's house in another dimension. Like, ooh, I like this. Ming vase or museum or whatever. What's what's an alarm system if you can cut your way right into the vault without 
cutting your way into the vault. Right. If you feel me. Just dump, jump in. <laughs> Fill your spatial. I'm sure they got spatial bags, bags of holding. Right. <laughs> they could make a subtle knife that could cut the fabric of reality. They can make a little pocket dimension and carry a bunch of stuff. RPG style. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and an evil force crept out of the shadow. So they're giving you things we didn't find out they're hinting at things they didn't say it outright I mean they kind of said it outright because they say out of that evil force crept and they showed us then they show scepters or I'm sorry specters of eating people alive in Chittagatse and then they said when Azrael's tear in the sky was open a flood of specters came in so you can't help but put two and two together like okay open windows equals specters a big giant tear in the sky equals more a flood of even more specters mm. again that was like a mystery of book two and even into book three like hey what are the specters what are they? they didn't say exactly what and I'm not going to say it here I'll go read the books they're very much worth it but they kind of let the kind of let the cat out of the bag certainly the the major concept of <laughs> window specter specter windows what exactly and why I don't know yet at least if I don't haven't read the books but yeah and it was pretty gruesome watching these specters uh, eat people mm-hmm. suck out their essence uh, right in front of their kids. Uh, and then they showed a bird's eye view of uh, of the city just infested with specters. Specters flying all over the place. Which was uh, something else the I brought up in episode one of season two when we first got it. Or maybe t- episode two when we first saw the specter kind of flying around. Like That was a big moment in the book when Miss Coulter made the thing fly. Because they couldn't. They were earthbound before so but you know I'm not going to bog myself down in the book said I don't want to do that (laughs) they're telling their story and you know I gotta remind myself Uh, but yeah how about how about that shot of the specters I I likened them to the jellyfish looking things that were looking for people in the matrix looking for like the the, yeah yeah. that's the analogy yeah they're less mechanical and they don't have a, a an obvious face and an obvious front. They're le- they're more blobs and and uh, amorphous. I don't know the word I'm looking yeah. for, but I get that matrix feel every time I see them. And then especially when I saw that bird's eye view and they're flying all around, they're swimming around. From that shot, it looked like they're looking down into a fish tank or something, and they're very. Uh, very matrixy like I forget what those things are called jellies something they're kind of like jellyfish looking machines uh, but yeah so that's the story of, of Chittagatze uh, those that survived fled and and the kids are you know are, are left to kind of lord of the flies themselves the subtle knife was born of hope but used with greed, and later we we get one of the uh, 
one of the rules of the subtle knife is don't use it for base purposes. So don't use it to enrich yourself or to steal. The Travis Bryant method. No, no, no hold. No subtle knife holding company limited. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I got some money off. Uh, you know, instead of some offshore accounts, you have an off dimension account. <laughs> yeah, that's where I keep all uh, keep all my ill-gotten goods. Right. What? Can't prove it's, I stole it. Can't prove. Rob replaced like I sent you that gentleman video a couple of years, uh, weeks ago. Like they can't send the the dudes to steal your uh, your product when it's in another world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so so we get uh, Lyra and Will. Well, Will staring up into. He's back at the spot where he caught Angelica looking. So that has a nice little vantage point. And he's just looking at somebody inside the tower, just walk back and forth. And Lyra's like, well, there's got to be a way in if he got in. Well, Lyra actually, is she the one that's kind of like the mm, namby-pamby? And Will's, yeah. Will's like, nah, he got in. We can get in. And I think Pan might have been, uh, been on Will's side. He's a little more daring. Um, but yeah, they're they're just starting their the, the the adventure of the episode. Let's get get into the tower because it doesn't have an obvious entrance, but obviously it does because somebody's up in there. So Will takes off to to kind of go like, hey, let's get ourselves in the in the gear and and figure it out. So. It was really the impetus for a lot of that stuff. He was, he was not giving up. Yeah, actually, Lyra's like, "Hey, we must have missed something," and he's, yeah, just obsessed with staring up at the in the window, looking at Tulio, who wasn't named in this episode, I don't think. And that, that said it there, like you know, re, they could have re-emphasized who he was uh, since he wasn't mentioned since I think. You know, two episodes before. Then we've got Lee Scoresby, say, uh, not rowing, um, motoring up the Yenisei River. He's got himself a little, uh, little boat with a motor on it. His face has healed up pretty nicely. <laughs> I don't think it's been like more than, you know, twelve hours. Right, but. He got you know, that, you know. He got that good skin. Maybe he's got the. Maybe use some blood moss. You know, yeah, suck he, the he, swelling he, and bruising right out of it. So him and Hester are are, are running to the swampy area of the Yenisei River, and he's getting bitten by mosquitoes, and it's it sucks, and he's complaining. And Hester's like, "Find him soon." She's like, "Rub some Jimson weed ointment on it." Like shut up. Uh, so he's complaining the whole way. They 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 get out of their little their little uh, motorboat, and a bird shows up, and uh, it's like basically like, hey, we we've been waiting for you. He's like, who's we? Are you a witch's demon? He's like, keep up. So they have a guide now, and Lee follows. Who we know as the audience as uh, 
John Perry's Osprey Demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Chittagatse, Lyra and Will are at the base of the tower, and they're in earnest looking for a way in. So uh, Pan's looking through the grates. He says, "There's a cri- there's just a, a crypt underneath." They don't think they don't do the thing in the book where Pan flies up as far as he could go, uh, connection to Lyra wise, and looks in the window, and he says, and he tells, uh, he gives a description of what Tulio's in there doing, and he's in there acting weird, and he's like counting the tiles on the wall or the bricks in the wall, and he's like just being super weird and creepy, and they, and they later connect that back to Will's mom. But I don't think we're going to get any of that. Because here was an opportunity to do it, and they didn't. Um, so because there's no just front door, Will starts walking around not only the base of the tower, but the neighborhood itself. And then we get another bird's eye view with Chittagatse. And I do, there are boats in the water. I, I wonder who, what's that, what that's about. Because in this, the way this works, specters can get out to the water. They can fly. They can go wherever they want. So you're not necessarily safe. Remember, we got that bird's eye view of the specters because the witches flew over and was telling, telling and describing what was happening on the ground. Right. So we won't. They're going to immediately like start battling. Uh, Start battling Spectre as soon as they arrive, I guess. But there are boats in the water surrounding Chittagatse. A few, maybe four or five, but there are a few there. Back in our Oxford, we're in Mary Malone's Dark Matter, or in St. Peter's College, uh, Dark Matter Machine Complex area. And look who's there. Carlo Boreal is uh, talking to Oliver Payne, Mary's colleague. And uh, Oliver's talking about the funding, how they're going to get shut down. And you mentioned private interest on the phone. And can we go talk to Mary Malone and we can all sit down and and converse? So they go into Mary's office. She's pulled an all-nighter. She's asleep at her desk, uh, but Boreal's like, "Hey, no problem. Working. I understand a, a long night of work. Um, I always admired a woman with a good work ethic." And then they just stood, they just stared at her, and Mary's like, uh, "Okay, that's great." <laughs> so, so they all sit down, and, and Boreal just launches right in it, and right into it, and. Uh, he talks about her work and funding. She's immediately interested. And uh, he's like, yeah, so who do you work for again? And then it all went tits up. Uh, because after flattering flattering her about the groundbreaking work, Dark Matter's uh, potential consciousness and all that has to do. He mentions that he's uh, att- that it's attracting defense funding, and she shuts down, and it's like, nope, 
Not going to have it. Not going to, uh... How... How... <laughs> how okay, I, I'm sure we could think of... But how do you think it, the uh, military, the U.S. military specifically, could use, uh... <laughs> shadow particles, dust? How do you think they could weaponize it? I mean, since they don't know about the subtle knife weaponizing dust, I mean, you basically would have the ability to... Remember they were alleging like the Cubans had like the microwave weapons? This is more than any... I mean, if you had... If, like, if they had... Like if the president or any... You know, the president... You know, the, the, the leader of the Illuminati or whoever could ask her machine, her cave, any question and would just give them the truth? Or... If they were, you know, get their mind right and were able to do it, they would, uh, yeah. Like, what's the stock market going to do tomorrow? Is it going to be bless or minus? You know, whatever. Or knowing we're like, hey, where MBS going to be tomorrow? Where's... I need to see what how that limo's working. Right. Maybe it needs to blow. All kind, yep. What's his security detail weakness? Right. What's his mama's ATM pen? What's her maiden name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Something. Yeah. Um, so, so immediately for those reasons, and for like, like most good guys, in uh, at least at the beginning of these kinds of uh, movies, they go, "No way, I'm never gonna sell out to government or the military, dude." <laughs> and she didn't want to be Oppenheimer. Think about that. Like, whatever you're doing, like. Mm. And- see the fruits of your labor and it's like my god what have I done right they used dark dark matter as uh, uh, they wiped Scotland off the map wow wow I'm responsible for Scotland being a sizzling empty spot in the ocean now it's just a whirlpool it's just a big oceanic whirlpool (laughs) Um, yeah that mm. so immediately she shuts down she's like not having it please leave and was not polite about it either and uh she tries to implore to oliver like look this is this is groundbreaking fascinating stuff we can't let it fall into the wrong hands he blows her off like all i know is you need to get you haven't slept in two weeks or whatever and just dismisses her and 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 leaves um Pan back in Chittagatse, Pan, they're they're searching. Searching, searching, searching. Just like it's a maze. Like, it's a maze around here. And Pan's like, hey, in butterfly form, this is like the other one. And Lyra stops and looks at it, and there's an an angel, not a door knocker, but some kind of adornment. Maybe it's a door knocker. And it's just on some regular you know, regular door that they proceed to then kick kick in, which is like neither one of them checked, neither one of them jimmied, like shook the handle to see if it was unlocked. <laughs> they just both were like, they looked at each other like, you ready? And then it double kicked it in like they're SWAT or something. Uh, so, as they walk in, you see a specter creepily watching Will presumably watching Will just wait, just waiting for <laughs> waiting for puberty to, to uh, finish with him right like mm-hmm. as soon as that first chin hair grow in I'm on you fam uh, so they got their first clue and uh, they've now entered 
I don't think they have a choice, but you know, they they did the thing you don't do in like a horror movie. Like, all right, let's just start going in, uh, <laughs> going in random doors. I mean, y'all were outside. Y'all were safe, relatively. Uh, back in, back up the Yenisee River, uh, Lee Scoresby continues to follow John Perry's osprey and it leads him to a little little homestead in the middle of in the middle of uh, nowhere and uh, yeah John Perry and 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 Lee Scoresby they meet John Perry goes good you're here he's like who are you he's like they call me Jopari which <laughs> gotta be that guy again uh, in the book they called him oh wait I think they called him in the book Jopari he said yeah. in the show it was something else weird just like the subtle knife they couldn't they couldn't hit that accent Esahetra right he's like this is the subtle knife they call it Esahetra <laughs> like oh yeah you're not even gonna try like y'all gonna let my accent on the Demon Dust podcast put? Well, it's, it's the English version of it, not like the English version. What do you of think it. the the audio? We listened to the audio book. It was a full no, on production they, with with British accents a galore. And they no. say demon for the demon, and so it's the same thing when you look at Esetetra. It's with the A E. Mm-hmm. Like that merged, mm-hmm. and so and even at the end, the TR or the you know yeah. the TTR is all smushed together, all weird. I'm glad you brought this up because to get you ready for the, I knew you were going to be mad about the pronunciation. I was going to send you a video of this uh, woman who was cooking in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and have you seen it yet? No, probably not. Okay, hold on. I'm going to send it to you because I, uh, this is par for the course. And uh, <laughs> I knew you. I knew, oh my god! I'm so glad. I am so glad I had this saved. So you guys are gonna hear in real time, Travis. Hear this, and then it's gonna be a representative of everything. Whenever things change in his dark materials regarding. Okay. So while before I go click that, the quote from Zafania was. All the history of human life has been a struggle between wisdom and stupidity. There you go. That's that's. Cool. I mean, we're living it. All right. Let's see. This tweet is that what you meant to say? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. laughed out loud. Catch me never pronouncing microwave correctly again. Okay, let me hear what how this one. Yo, stop playing. Microwave. Like she's like being a fuck. She. That was her pronunciation. That that that's it. Like papier mache. Like that Seinfeld episode. Aluminium. Oh, you know what? They that you know what? They are the weirdos that say aluminium. So I am now not shocked. And if Friday in Australia pronounces it aluminium, and she hears this, uh, you're wrong, and you're pronouncing it weird, and it's aluminum. Like just 
Stop. <laughs> Microwave. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Back on track. When you think about Esatera, that's basically what Asa like. Hatra. <laughs> it's like Robin. It's, it's like, uh, what's his face in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? You try. He's half in, half he finished starting sentences in a British accent, ending them like a guy from Scarsdale. Like, what? what is going on with this? <laughs> Asa Hatra. Okay, so so John Perry and uh, Lee Scoresby, they meet. Uh, yeah, the the natives, I guess, whoever he ran into, the indigenous folks of wherever, <laughs> when he uh, when he in Alaska, I guess, or wherever he became a shaman, maybe they called him Japari because he's like, my name's John Parry, or uh, John Perry. He's like Joe Perry. Joe Perry, or Joe Parry, whatever, and yeah, so that's the. You call him Crazy Joe. Now you call him Batman. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to get to the bottom of Lee Scoresby's. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm. I, I came. I found you. I traveled all these miles. He's like, you didn't find me. I summoned you. He's like, uh, fam, I just came up the this river and all through this swamp. I, I'm pretty sure I sought you out, and then. Uh, John Perry gave him uh, a ring, which he had, was holding when he summoned him last week. Uh, what was the uh, return? Return, <laughs> return. He was holding and rubbing this ring, and he gives him the ring. And Lee Scoresby's like, "This was my mother's ring. I haven't seen this ring in twenty years. Like, how'd you get it?" And he doesn't really give him an answer, but he's like, uh, "You know, let's." Uh, it's uh, can we can we can we get down to brass tacks now? Yeah. He's like, sit down, Mister Scoresby, and I'll tell you. So he's going to give him give him the rundown of uh, where he's been and I guess how he's gotten into the situation he's in. Back in Chittagatze, they're in. You know, they've made their way into the angel door and they found what looks like maybe the bottom of the tower. It's uh, because there's like a, a Bible or a holy book or whatever opened up. It's like kind of fancy and inside. And yeah. Uh, Wills, Wills uh, gives Lyra to run down on the guild and the story Angelica. I told him about the guild owning who owns the tower. So yeah, so they're really just checking the place out and just kind of in awe. It's a really nice, uh, kind of unique skyscraper style, you know. Like inside, it yeah, you just have to kind of see it. It's cool and unique looking. But right from the book, when when Lyra wants to go first, she's like, "It's my fault." I'll, she's he's like, "I'll go first. He's like, "No." She's like, "Yeah, it's my fault that we're in this, so I'll go." He's like, "Well, if it's your fault that we're in this, what I say goes, and I say I go first. So Will, you know, especially in this series where he's the bigger, older kid, which makes him being 
getting taken down in an arm bar when he had all of the advantage and everything a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Sillier. But they've got company. You see who us who presumably was the kid walking around the guy walking around in the tower is on their heels. So they're not alone. They think they're, you know, alone or they think they have to go up to find company when company is has uh, flanked them and is now following them. Back to NSA. John Perry's giving Lee Scoresby the rundown of the subtle knife. Because, you know, he's, that's when he butchers the name, Asa Hatra. Uh, he talks about how it can kill immortals. It can cut through anything it can slice between worlds and he says and, you know Lee scores me like you got this knife he's like no uh, but I want to find the person who does and I believe a new bearer is, uh, is will be taking up the mantle and then we need to find them and take them to Lord Azrael and Lee scores me he's like well you know him He's like, I don't like Azrael. John Perry's like, like him? This is big. <laughs> you got to see the bigger picture, my man. Like, everybody's not a shaman, John, uh, John Perry. Everybody hasn't trepan cut a hole in their head and let extra dust in <laughs> and see, you know, and see visions and see the future. But uh, he convinces them that... Uh, that uh, the forces of evil and the forces of good are lining up to battle and he needs to be on Azrael's side because Azrael's on the side battling the evil and we need to uh, and if the right side has any chance of success I gotta he's gonna need that knife and uh, Lee's like I don't care I'm here about a girl named Lyra not to help her father uh, she's the best person I know when she's in danger. So if you don't have that knife, I'll be on my way. <laughs> and, and John Perry's like, you love this girl? He's like, yep, more than Azrael. He yeah. just he he just left his girl. Can you imagine that? Leaving your kid? And then John Perry has to look away like... Actually... Ooh. <laughs> then he goes through the thing of if I had a daughter I'd want her to be half as strong and half as brave and half as good as that girl and then John's like I did I had a son and I had to leave him and so you know I left my boy so they have to you know he's glassy eyed he's tearing up and uh yeah so you know Lee Scorsese's not going to walk away Back into Chittagatze, they Lyra and Will make their way up into the upper portion of the tower and find Giacomo Paradisi. He calls himself the Bearer. And he's like, that guy who's here, he stole the knife from me. In the meantime, Giacomo is tied up and gagged, and they're trying to loosen his uh, loosen his his uh, restraints. All meanwhile, Mister. Tulio with the knife comes up on their blind side, uh, which shouldn't have been their blind side. They were just so focused on uh, Giacomo. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And they are like, have a little 
ah, standoff. And he's like, you've got that knife. We need it. <laughs> it's like, maybe, maybe be a little more, uh, be a little more, uh, you know, like if a, if a guy with a weapon is like, what do you need? And you're like, this thing you have? Instead of like, hey, pal, chill out for a sec. <laughs> like, no, we just made a wrong turn. Sorry. <laughs> Something. You don't immediately be like, get, get, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so, what do you think happens, Rich? <laughs> Tulio freaks out and starts slicing and cuts the wings off of a of a of a brass or gold angel statue and the wings clinked clink to the floor, I guess to let you know this knife ain't no joke. Right. Um Will, who was holding the ropes that Giacomo was uh, tied up in, wraps them things up, wraps his fist uh wraps his fist in the rope and then does nothing with his fist I was confused this was not the best fight scene yeah. I don't know if it's because you've got like essentially two kids because Tulio can't be more than you know 20 like, looked like he was like a, a prize knife fighter the way they had it presented he was ready to go well he's nothing pure like kind of like you know craziness for lack of a better you know it's it's just fueling him it just I don't know it was it was a knife fight it was a struggle for a knife I can't call it a knife fight knife fight typically has I mean I'm counting as a knife fight my man lost some fingers it's a knife fight (laughs) yeah yeah uh I mean he caught that clean cut and Will was like excuse me Will managed to, uh, you know, smash, you know, smash Tulio's hand and get the knife, you know, to fly out. If just stuck right into the floor, uh, just like the, just like the book. And Tulio crashes Will out of the window onto like the window sill, and they have a little teetering moment. Giacomo and Lyra come and grab Tulio. Tulio. <laughs> kicked Will in the chest. Lyra had to grab him by the foot to keep him from, you know, tumbling to his death. And, uh, Pan, as the red panda, tried to get the knife, and Tulio kicked the crap out of him. And Lyra went down in the heap. And, uh, because, you know, can't demon you're gonna feel that he's gonna if you get slapped he's gonna feel it if he gets slapped she's gonna feel it and she felt it that kick right to the guts and Tulio jumped for the knife grabbed it Will reached and got his fingers cut off and he's looking at his hand wrapped in the bloody uh, rope Jockey falls into Giacomo Paradisi and Giacomo has this look of oh my goodness he says fight boy fight and then Will all of a sudden remembers his his boxing and starts jabbing the kid and going to the body and you know doing just punching him and beating him up with boxing meanwhile Lyra's uh, uh, on the floor 
he he beats the kid and he submits and drops the knife. Will picks it up and uh, Giacomo makes Tulio leave. So you know, different different than the book. Not terribly so. Um, it probably yeah, because different. you just don't have you just have inexperienced unless you want unless you want to do the old you know white guy in a in a curly brown wig thing and stunt you know the cutscene you know the, the the quick shot where you see the the stunt double clearly isn't Will or clearly isn't Tulio it's like all right if we're gonna have these two have a fight we probably can't we'll probably have to do it in a way that's looks somewhat you know realistic and that was probably why they didn't have it like the book or maybe they just didn't uh you know, it was close enough. It's really... I'm just complaining just to find something to complain about. Um, the biggest difference was Giacomo's condition. Giacomo was a step away from death because Tulio had been beating the crap out of him. All the time that they've been in Chittagatze and Tulio's been in that tower, presumably before they even got there, he's been beaten up Giacomo trying to get the knowledge out of him. How do you, you know, tell me what to do? How do I get this knife to work or whatever? And Giacomo's like, I can't tell you, or it doesn't matter what I tell you, you'll never be able to work it. And he's just wailing on him for, you know, days on end, not feeding him. And he's like close to, close to death. Uh, so Will's got his fingers cut off. Uh, Lyra unwraps unwraps the ropes and they weren't oozing and pulsating blood maybe it's because I mean they're interdimensional I just took it as <laughs> that was the cleanest cut you're ever going to get on anything that, that is just... true Giacomo did say exactly that uh, but remember in the book for the next oh, however many chapters, it's just like, like blood loss. We're dealing with witch spells. The witch witches tried to put a spell on his hands to to make the bleeding stopped. I don't like if they don't just cauterize the wound and just stick his hand and like heat up the wow. knife and you just, yeah. yeah. But it was just such a big deal and such a central part of the story. In the second half of book two was Will's hand won't stop bleeding and he's going to yeah. die or get sick or get some kind of infection if we don't. That was like the driving force. And then the first time you see the the fingers, they're not even, you Ooh, know, squirting blood. But again, it's it's eight o'clock or whatever they call it in in the UK, yeah. like before ten, and they can't show or do certain things. So I don't ex- it, to expect the the you know Quentin Tarantino two fingers squirting blood sp- no spraying blood just tss- with the sound effects and uh, pool, yeah. and Lyra's face is just covered in blood looking pans just dripping fur Giacomo is covered in you know yeah no and uh, Will promptly passed out because that's what you do when you're in that kind of a kind of shock uh, he did wake up uh, later. To uh, Will and or to Lyra and Giacomo waking him up, Giacomo gave him some uh, plum brandy 
to, to dull the pain. And he's like, uh, giving them the rundown. I need you to concentrate. And the knife knows when to leave one hand and to settle in another. And then he takes his, it's the cleanest cut in all of the universes. And he takes off his glove and he shows that Will, and he says, I fought and lost the same fingers. And just like the statue of the hand with the two fingers cut off in the, in the Zephania prologue or whatever at the beginning of the episode when they're showing the guild members and all the trinkets and you know all the books and everything in the middle of like the tower was a hand a golden hand palm up or not palm up but like up in like a wave but uh had the the the, the middle the the ring and pinky finger were, were cut where the ring finger was still a little taller and um Giacomo's hand is the same way and now Will's hand is the same way he's like you are the bearer of the subtle knife and he gives him the whole rundown uh, or not yet they they, they they cut Will has the shocked face and then they cut back to uh, to um, Perry and Lee Scoresby but later he gives him the whole rundown on this thing can cut the smallest atom and he gives him the whole how you gotta set your mind right and Lyra's kinda sitting there like yeah, I, I I know this language. I I know those. Uh, I know that feeling. I know that 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 space that you have to to enter. Mary Malone later in the episode enters that space. Uh, but back up the NSA. Uh, Scoresby gets more of John Perry's story. Um, you know he's like, you know. I thought my work was that much more was more important. I was such a fool. Uh, I tried to get back to him for years, but the way I had came disappeared. Uh, so they're so they're already giving foreshadowing. Just because a window is there now doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be there a year from now, ten years from now. So, and he's a shaman. You would think he'd be able to ask the shaman gods or ask whatever entities that he's in contact with. Throw um, some chicken bones, fry some eggs. Throw something. some, throw a bone or two, and be like, "Hey, can you can you point me into the direction of a window that goes back to my my Oxford, my 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 world? I'll, hey, it could be in Alaska. I'll just get there from there. But get me to my world." Nope, he never. He didn't do the uh, ayahuasca ceremony, and you know, and you know, connect with the entities. I shouldn't joke about that. That's so you don't mess with the great spirit, man. <laughs> um, so again, they really set that up. Uh, but he knows their doorways and other other discoveries to 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 be made. And then he's like, "Hey, I, I couldn't. I, mean, I couldn't. I was astonished to learn that half of me was female in bird form." And he looked up at his uh, at his demon because remember Scoresby's from where, right. where demons are there, and he's like, oh yeah, buddy, you did, you just learning that. So he's getting a little lesson from not a lesson, but he's just getting a lesson in uh, in personality and just who this uh, John Joe Japari is. And uh, and and Scoresby's like, hey. 
and he's like, well, that's and then he he rounds the whole thing was that's why I need to and that's why I need to find Azrael, and Scoresby's convinced, and he's like, if you can if you can promise uh, that you'll put the Lyra under the protection of that subtle knife, I'll take you wherever you need to go. And he's like, swear on the love you have for your boy. And uh, John Parry makes the uh, makes you know makes gives him his oath and gives him his promise. Back in Chittagasi, then we get the run. We get to see Giacomo giving Will the full the full rundown, showing him the different edges of the uh, of the blade. One side of the blade can cut you know physical anything physical, and once the other side can cut fabric of the universe itself. And Pan and and Lyra tells Pan like, remember that that blade looks. The, the colorful blade, the the, the, the side, the physical side, um, the side that can cut spirit itself and anything physical. Um, it's like, that looks like the blade at Bolvanger. That's the blade that tried to cut me and Pan apart. Because Giacomo earlier said, I, I've met people from your world. I know of the, I know of the, uh, I know of the, the windows. I've met people with demons. So none of this was new to, to Giacomo. And uh, yeah, the other edge is even is more subtle still. You can cut an opening out of this world all together and into a new one. Uh, this is a great burden for someone so young, but the knife, the the Esahetra, has chosen you. So Giacomo tries to give it a little. He doesn't call it Esahetra. He does try to give it a little. <laughs> no way he tries to give it a little panache that it deserves and he's telling them to put the tip of his mind or to put his mind into the tip of the into the tip of the knife and and he's trying and trying and he can't it takes him a while uh didn't the trying to get across that it's his hand that's keeping him from concentrating but they don't do a great job until he says it and you're like oh right his hand is what's keeping him from because in the book I, they just you like in it was written in the way that you couldn't read this without your hand throbbing a little bit right especially in an audio hearing the full cast audio and hearing Will's pained voice and all the angst and the the, the you know, you couldn't help but like feel that. Yeah, I couldn't concentrate either. Uh, so he 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 can't do it. He sits down and he's just going through it. Um, Pan actually came up to him and nuzzled his hand, nuzzled his his injured hand, and let Will kind of like scratch him on the top of his head. And Lyra's like, well, and he's the wheels like, what did I do? I'm sorry, did I do something wrong? And she kind of explains, like, you know, in my world, you're not supposed to touch anybody's demon, but you didn't do anything wrong. Pan wanted to, and he's like, it was me, Will. I I wanted to. I wanted to help. So that's like all the motivation Will needed, and it was similar in the book. I mean, they're really uh, in a lot of ways for this tower stuff. The physical stuff might not be the same, but they're hitting all the important lines. They're hitting most of the important feelings. It, it, again, Will's 
could sell his hand a little more. I think in the next scene when he's in the bathtub and he's like struggling to move, I'm like, oh, where was uh, where was half of this <laughs> pained expression uh, in the scene before, William? Uh, but Lyra gives him his pep talk and he tries again. And you know how this story ends. He's able to. Uh, he said, oh, well, no, he tells Giacomo, I'm ready. And uh, Giacomo's like, okay, look at me. Concentrate. Focus. And then we cut to Witch, Witch Island. And it's still smoking. And there's ashes floating about. And uh, we get a scene of Rudiscotti and Serafina Pecola. So Rudiscotti's land has been bombarded and burned up just as well as uh, Lake Anara. Lake Lubana is now destroyed. And uh, we summoned the rains to put the fire out, but it was too late. Hundreds of witches are dead, and it's on my conscience. So, uh, Root is, like, coming to terms with, uh, this is all my fault. I had to stab the old cardinal. And, uh, and Serafina Pekulid, I guess this is the, the wisdom of being, you know, 300 years plus. She doesn't take the time to. I told you, Ruta, if you'd have just listened to me, she was like, "Nope, now's ain't, now's not the time to let it consume you. Let's, uh, you know, we're all uh, we're all in this together. Magisterium, they're weak and pathetic, hiding behind their gunships and bombs. We're gonna show them. Uh, we don't we don't hide behind those things." Once we're through, we're going to get Asriel, Ruta says. And uh, he needs to return what he started. Oh, she did relay earlier. She did, uh, Serafina did relay to Ruta that, hey, we talked to the Bear King. Lyra's and Lyra followed Asriel through the anomaly. So that's why she's, you know, you, we can't get a sense of maybe where she's at because she ain't in this, on this, uh, plain anymore she's in a whole different world and basically the witches are like she's like y'all going y'all ready to ride out we're gonna go through that hole go through that tear in the universe and uh you know go find lyra and go find Azrael. y'all ready so it only took for hundreds of witches to you know burn in the fire and there are lands to be torched right out for all the witches to come together as a united clan and not just these separate but that's how it is with all yeah humans and humanoids I would imagine except that, for the space federation ex- except yeah they figured they figured it out they figured it out speaking of uh um is Orville back or they start filming I think this I think they start filming and then uh like I mentioned before uh Espanse is back this yes. week three episodes drop uh, so Will's trying he's trying uh, Giacomo's just in his ear giving him advice and he finally like the the space like a little spark in the in the in the air happens he's like I saw something and he's like keep 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 that feeling keep it keep it going and then eventually he gets it and he slices he slices down and there's another world. They don't really go into detail what it is. Oh, I think it's, I think it's their world because you kind of see the aurora and mountains. So I think he's looking at Lyra's Lyra. world. I think. 
they don't yeah that's not the biggest 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 deal so he's like all right now you open it now you gotta close it and you need to basically reverse it and put all of your soul into your fingertips uh i'm like this is a lot how do i even (laughs) well he he got it it was even like that was easy and Giacomo was like, you're a fast learner, much faster than I was. So Will's kind of like perplexed. He keeps waving his hands through the air like, Where? it's not there anymore. Wow. And so he gives them the, for all the rules. First, never open a window without closing it. And Lyra's kind of like listening in. He's like, the windows left open have done great damage. Second, never let anyone else use the knife. Uh, third, don't use it for base purposes. Uh, don't show it off don't try to don't let it inflate your ego and lastly keep it a secret so and in in the book he basically gave him those four rules but he also said there were a ton that he doesn't remember and aren't like those are the ones you need to know (laughs) because at this point uh, in, in the book what happened was when Will got crashed through the window by Tulio, there were so the design of the tower was much different. There was a front door. Like Lyra had to use the knife to cut the stairs away so the kids couldn't come up the stairs. It was like or not Lyra. Will had to use the knife to cut the stairs away. Um but the kids had started to uh, um, uh, gather outside, and Kaiser had to come fly down and like peck at the kids' hands, like so they wouldn't climb up the roof and scare them away. Uh, <laughs> so you didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't get any any of that. The witches have not have not crossed over yet. They're just finding out at the same, basically at the same time. Uh, but but Giacomo is like I said close to death and he's like look we don't have time these kids are coming to because Angelica and those kids are like we're going to murder you yeah just like you killed Tulio because Tulio uh, uh, the Spectres got him pretty much right away like as soon as he as soon as he uh, left the tower and left the immediate vicinity of the knife I'm pretty sure Angelica and them might have seen their brother get become a specter husk they, they because they came became enraged and they were like we're gonna murder you and they needed help from the witch or at least from the, the uh, Kaiser from the demon um, but here Giacomo gives them the 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 four rules He's like, you've come here for a purpose. I don't know what that is, but you're brave. <laughs> and, you know, your friend here with the demon is wise. And he's like, the knife will protect you. Uh, but promise me that you will protect it, too. And Will's like, I promise. So he uh, makes the deal. He's like, I sense you'll be better bearer than I was. Now go. Uh, he's like, but without the knife, the specters will get you. He's like, come with us. You'll be safe. He's like, nope. I fulfilled my duty. The knife has been passed on. He shakes Will's good hand. And uh, 
He's like, I must find my own path. I'd like, and I, by the way, I'd like to meet my destiny in private. So, thank you. Go ahead, please leave. And uh, Will wants to go after him, but but Lyra's like, you know, let him uh, let him do what he what he had to do. Um, then we get uh, a meeting between back in the north, south of Yenisei. Where we're, I guess, in that same town. Are they in that same northern town that had the the N with the? Yeah. Uh, so remember last week, uh, Boreal sent her the uh, telegram, or you know, gave sent her the message. And this week he invites her to dinner, and he's being creepy and touchy feely with her, and. It's all to tell her that he has Lyra. She's on a, she's on a mission for him. And soon as she gets the thing I want, I have something valuable of hers because Coulter's like, oh, so you don't have her, huh? And he's like, no, I got something very valuable she wants. She'll be back. And then when she's back, she's yours. He's like, what do you have? He's like, oh, don't worry about that. It's what you're going to have for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just being a and real he's like, uh, he's, like re- he's like trying to, t- he's like caressing her hand while his snake is wrapped around his wrist. And she's yeah. like grabbing the back of her monkey's scruff like she tends to do when she's like trying to keep control of her emotions. facial expressions yeah. and emotions. And uh, yeah, she's clearly not enthused about his uh, obvious come-ons. Like, I, I, yeah, like it doesn't seem like. Like, why does he have to be so so, so coy? Like, is this the only way you can get? Like, they seem like maybe not friends, but on the level that she wouldn't laugh at him if he tried to court her. Right. I guess they don't, you know, really know about their relationship. Um, I also took it as her trying to keep it cold because you, you saw how eager she got when she's like, what do you have? Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't worry, it's something she wants and it's very important. Yeah, he didn't and say, yeah, I got the Elysium. If he said that, it would have been like, okay, now I got it. this is a got to go situation mm-hmm. but he assures her she'll return and then Coulter's like then she's mine it's like just really serious and he's like yeah and then he does the creepy hand thing he's like a gift from me to you and he's like super slow and super crawl creepy crawly you know as his snake is creepy crawling up his hand onto her hand or near her hand because you know the taboo the taboo and she calls him Carlo she's like well Carlo take me to another world <laughs> it's like ooh little double entendre huh um So back in Chittagatsi, Will and Lyra are out back outside the tower. He looks up. Will sees shimmering forms moving up the tower. So I don't know if it's because, you know, he's, you know, 15, 16 years old and he's, you know, becoming a man, that thing, and he's seeing it. Or 
because the knife powers are giving him the heads up. Like, yeah, they right there. There they are. Look, you see the shimmer? So I think I'm leaning towards knife power because he didn't see him before. They was right up on him, all sniffing him. They were like right behind him. <laughs> just, just, you know, you just, yeah, yeah. Him and, him and Rockwell, just like, boom, boom, dude. Maxwell, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just all up in his business. Now he can see him. So I think that's a part of the protection. Or maybe the boys dropped. I don't know. But. <laughs> Bloop, bloop. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. I can see him. Hey, Will, what happened to your <laughs> voice? <laughs> oh, Don't worry about my voice, little lady. Let's go. <laughs> I'll protect you. you. Beard. <laughs> Did you sprout pork chop sideburns? Um, so, so, again, he looks up the tower and sees the shimmering forms. Lyra's like, hey, we gotta go. Then we see Giacomo standing in the front of the busted out uh, uh, window pane um, and he takes a shot of some poison presumably poison that was one thing that got o- got across in the book he had all kinds of tinctures and uh, he that was how he ha- helped Will's hand in the first place he not only gave him the plum brandy but um, you know gave him like a rub, you know rub some ointment on it mm-hmm. or what he had and um, wrapped his hand up good. So Giacomo takes a shot of his poison and doesn't let doesn't give the specters uh, the 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 satisfaction. So he drinks his poison and he sits on his ass <laughs> and he passes out. Just as or dies, not passes out. Just as the specter was like probably about to chomp down on his friggin' He's like, you get no free mail. No yeah. good for you, sir. The buffet is closed. <laughs> so, it would have been nice if he, uh... He just looked dead at the specter and then passed out and died. It would have been nice if he, like, flipped him off or something. You can't keep me. And then all the specters growled, like, and they all left. The captions say, low roaring. <laughs> so we get we go back to Lyra's Oxford. See what I did there? See what I did there? Yeah, well, I got it. I'm and uh, and, and, and the, um, the abandoned greenhouse that Boreal has his, the window. And... Um, Lyra, or sorry, Mrs. Coulter and her monkey are just fascinated, obviously, as anybody would. And they're like poking their hand in it and like, hmm. And then she's like, go ahead. And the monkey's like, of course, I got to go through first. (laughs) And then they step through. And we get our answer to the two window situation. He, like, how does he have a window that goes to Oxford but not Chittagatse? And how does he know about Chittagatse and, and, and those things? Well, we never saw, especially in season one, when he stepped through. He stepped through and then was always in our Oxford, in Will's Oxford. And we never saw the in-between. So we just assumed it was 
one world to the other. Nope. His window leads to Chittagatze, which is right around the corner, literally around the stairwell. He's like, come on, we got to move quickly. So out of one window, and they went down the stairwell into the other. The one that I said was right there. Like, how do you have a window right there and all these apartments around? Oh, it's one of two windows that are in that same stairwell. That's so, a kid that's stumbling through. It's it's like that. It's like <laughs> it's like from uh, it's like the scene from Thor two <laughs> when she throws her keys into the vortex and it just keeps looping and cycling through. It's just got kids just tumbling from window like from world to world <laughs> down these steps, just endless. Like, like, what is happening to? <laughs> so. Hey, that's a. I thought a an easy logical. It, it it doesn't make the window situation on that stairwell any more tenable. But whatever. If you're gonna have one window on a stairwell that no one somehow doesn't see, why not two? So we get to see the full step through. She looks, she sees, because she looks, she sees the spire, the 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 tour of the Angelis spire, and uh, and Boro steps through. Is like, come on, move quickly. She hikes up her skirt, and they make their way into or down the steps into the next window, which leads them into Will's Oxford. She does stop though, because there's a specter that kind of lurks and walks by. And she looks and hmm. I was waiting for Boreal's hand to come back through and pull her. Like, would you come on? Come on, <laughs> Did I tell you to stay close to me? And then we get poor old Tulio roaming the streets of Chitticazi, looking for a place to stay. None of all of a sudden, all the doors are locked. <laughs> I thought it was strange. He can't find one open door. He did find Angelica, uh, but before he get, like was able to knock on the window and let her know that he was there, uh, Spectre came. So he had to run, and he thought he got away. And nope, Spectre's right behind him and tackled him or whatever, sucked him dry. They don't show it, but you know that's what happened. And again, different from the book. They'll, in the preview for next week, they did show uh, Angelica and finding Tulio's husk of a body or husk of a form. Right. So I guess next week the kids will go on their, their uh, Lord of the Flies murderous rampage. Then we get Will in the bathtub and his hand wrapped up and it's a stump and Lyra comes up. She does the backwards backwards walk brings him some towels and uh, they have a bit of a I don't know heart to heart she's like I think uh, Mr. Paradisi said you know you were chosen Will and I think it's because of the person that you are and um, so what do you want to do now so Will basically is like we need the alethiometer back so that means we got to steal it 
And Lyra's just like, Ugh. like they show her face. You know, she's not looking at Will because he's in, the, you know, in the bathtub. Right. Uh, but she just has this look of elation and relief. And it's like, okay, we'll do it together. She's just really happy that he's not gonna quit on her quest. You know, because at this, because at this point, be, well, at this point in the book, she. Because not listening to Will got her alethiometer stolen, she decides we don't do nothing without consulting him, and he has the final say on everything. Fine, <laughs> you know, like a lesson learned. Okay, so she's like really dependent on him. Like at this point, if he doesn't want to, if he just wants to go, no, we'll just look for my dad without the alethiometer. She probably has to just go along with it maybe try to convince him but ain't no convincing mm-hmm. and uh Joe Parry and uh and uh Lee Scoresby ride back down the NSA river and find Lee's balloon just tucked away and by tucked away I mean in the middle of the woods covered in a tarp <laughs> just in the middle of the woods uh, they're not moving. Hester's kind of berating uh, Joe Parry, like, yeah, some shaman wind skills you got there. And then he goes, oh, you want some wind? And then he does the wind overdrive deal. And uh, with the wind gusting, Lee Scoresby, woohoo! Yeah, so they're haul assing in a not very aerodynamic balloon. <laughs> and, uh, I forget his demon's name, John Perry's his Osprey is flying behind them, heading into the sun. Now, the scene that in the book, nah, I don't know if it did. It got me emotional in the book, but this scene with Mary Malone back at her lab in the Dark Matters lab, in the Dark uh, Dark Matter uh, computer lab. Boy, oh boy. I, I love me some Mary Malone. I think I've made that abundantly clear. I think she, the the actor playing Mary, is perfect for the role. I think she plays the crap out of it. This scene, when she got, when she finally got her mind right, put the put the nodes on her, on her temples, set her intention, and the damn particles and the shadows and the dust responded not just responded responded like with personality I, I, man it's finally wow they did something that the book didn't do that's uh or, or that the book did but they did better in the show like they played it pretty much just like the book except I think it was it was all text it was just like yes no we are this, we are that. And it was very short sentences. This was full on voice effects, her reaction to it. The way the the way that the the graphics or the CG had the computer come at you, like you know, like it just rippled off the screen. It was just 
it was done so well. And she's like, are you dark matter? Are you shadows? Are you Lyra's dust? And it just keeps answering, yes, yes, yes. Are you conscious? It said, evidently. Oh, okay. All right, we got a sarcastic dark matter particles over here. It's like, uh... This you're the con- the mind answering me isn't human. He's like, no, but humans have known us. He's like, there are more than one of you, uncountable billions. Well, billions are countable, but whatever. But what are you? The cave said, angels. And Mary's pupils dilated like, what? she backed up like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Crises of faith, crises of profession. She's like, angels. He's like, yes. And then she just is having her moment and it's just like angels are creatures made of shadow matter shadow matter of dust it's like yes (laughs) shadow matter is what we call spirit yes it's like from what we are spirit from what we do matter and it's showing like some images on the on the screen of like the uh photos or images well no when it said from when it said that line of from what we are matter from or from what we are spirit from what we do matter it showed like that oh it's like it's not the it's like this uh dodecahedron symbol kabbalah thing uh, I just don't know what it's called. So if you if you go back on the episode when she's when he says that line or when it says that line, uh, it shows that symbol and it's like the symbol of life. The symbol, yeah, it's super esoteric. And you know, if you're into like sacred geometry, that that's a big part of it. And yeah, so she's just getting her whole mind blown. So and if it, we're here making guiding. You know, it's like, so angels have intervened in human affairs, in human evolution. Why? He says, yes. And she asks, but why? And the cave goes, vengeance. And her face just is like, what? What? And then we cut to the mountain with the tear in the, in the universe. The tear in the sky at the, at the, at the aurora. And it's surrounded by a fleet of airships, fully armed, fully stocked with, you know, soldiers and, you know, it's manned with guns all around. They're gunships. They're not just airships. They're gunships. And there are at least a dozen of them. And that's just what they fit on screen. And then the radar starts bleeping. Bleep. Blorp. You know, it starts playing my kind of music. And the radar guy's like, uh, guys, something's out there. Coming in hot. And then the the soldier guys look out the window and they notice witches and the witches are moving at, you know, crazy speed, wild speeds. And eventually they start trying to shoot at the witches. No luck. One of them just runs up in the, in the, in the ship. Neo, Neo's all of them. Does some wild witch kung fu. Stabs them all, slices them all. Demons start poofing out of existence. And then they, then you pan back, and that's the story of all of them. There's just a f- f- 
fleet of witches standing outside, standing, <laughs> hovering outside of these gunships. And you realize, oh, what Seraphina just did in this one that we saw happened in all these tens of or dozens of of of, uh, of gunships. And they start exploding and f- faltering and they're going to crash. And the witches make their way to the void and to the uh, tear and they go through. They technically could have just flown through and not... Pause. <laughs> you know, they could have just flown past and the, the, the ships wouldn't... Even if the guys in the gunship saw them, what were they going to do? Can't get this or on. they could have just snuck by. They're like, nope, we're going to murder everybody. Which I commend them for. Clap, you know, round, round of applause yeah. for you ladies. <laughs> they got what they deserved. Y'all said y'all was going to do it. And y'all did it. And that was that was, that was was good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's how, that's how the episode ended. With all the witches storming the gates, essentially. And next week, boy... Next week we're gonna get Angelica and the kids wanting to murder uh, Lyra and Will, and them running for their lives. And I assume the witches will at least one, if they separate or do whatever, will finally come in contact and help, and then help with Will's hand at least temporarily, and we can get that uh, part of the story told. Uh, but we're also going to get Miss Miss Coulter in Chittagatsi. Or, I'm sorry, Mrs. Coulter in... No, in Will's Oxford? And in... in uh, I think we saw see a shot of her in Chittagatsi with a specter hovering around her. So we might see that... Le- ne- we're definitely going to see that next week. It was in the preview. Let me talk about a piece of the... Part of the preview that I am not... A fan of and Friday called me a, a man baby and said I was whining but wow. I think so in the preview they show Will trying to sneak their, 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 their little caper to steal back the the alethiometer but the monkey jumps on it and grabs it and gives it to Mrs. Coulter and she's standing there taunting him like oh so what do we have here like no. What? He got it and got away. Like, why? You know. Oh, TV drama. Gotta build that TV drama. Gots to. So, that's a little disappointing. Um, but... Not ex- You know, whatever. I want to get to a, an email or two that we had. I think we might have had one from last week that I didn't get to. Let's see here. I think they were both from Doc Bruce. Yes. Oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Doc has a for already has a an email in for episode five, so we'll get to that next week. But his episode four email is. Uh, I'd like to meet my destiny in private, quote. Uh, and damn, it brought tears to my eyes. The short but magnificent portrayal of Giacomo, Giacomo Paradisi by Terrence Stamp didn't expect him to poison himself. 
but the book just alluded to his death after all, implying he was likely he was killed by specters. I think he died because he was, you know, close to death. Like I said, yeah. you know, uh, exposure and getting beaten up every day for who knows how long. Ain't had a sip of water in days. Uh, but because he had all, he was the tincture and poison god in the book. That was definitely a good way to. If you're not going to have, if you're going to change his death from the book, that was an awesome way to to do it. Yeah, Bruce continues. Speaking of magnificent performances, the scene between Coulter and Boreal was captivating. The facial reactions between the two, and the fighting off certain emotions, really raised the tension. Punctuated by the touching of hands and her, "Okay, Carlo, take me to another world." Line. I cannot wait for their little chat in Chittagatse where Coulter ends up redacted. <laughs> I'm willing to say it's going to be one of the most compelling scenes of the season. Also, it's always fun to see Serafina or Ruta Scotty go ninja guiding on some, foo- some fools. Uh, best inter- interchange of the episode, Mary Malone. An antimatter is consciousness? Program. Evidently, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sa- little sassy dark matter, man. Like, <laughs> He's like I might be, <laughs> bitch, I might be. Uh, be easy, be safe, Bruce in Seattle. Thanks, man. Appreciate you as always. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't know who Terrence Stamp is because Friday was like, oh my god, Terrence Stamp. I didn't know he was in there. I'm like, who's Terrence Stamp? Like, what was he in that I should remember him from? He's he's like just a just really one of those solid. guys that's been in a bunch of stuff and has been good for fifty years, I assume. <laughs> um, so he's always been that guy, like in a movie. Um, I'm trying to think of what he would have seen him in. Let's see, IMDb. Smallville. Oh, he was, uh, wait, Jarell. was that, oh, oh, wait, he was, Jarell. oh, yeah, just a little, little more puffier white hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was 15 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I was like, that's an easy one. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, I figured I'd go with the easiest one out of his list that would have been best shot. Glad I picked that one. Because he's always been that guy. He's always been like, if you, I'm trying to see another one that you might have seen. He also has a good voice for these as well. Mm. Because he was always in all the uh, the DC the comic cartoons. Like okay. he played. Oh, right, the '78 Superman, Neil before Zod. <gasps> oh my God, that is him. Just to say, just black hair slicked back instead of the white hair kind of slicked back and thinning on top. Oh, man. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's odd. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, and and again, the, the the, the Boreal Coulter exchange was was really good uh yeah that snake and the hand touching that was that was up there creep creep factor so 
<laughs> and antimatter is consciousness? Evidently. <laughs> you just catching on? Keep up, Mary. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> oh, man, on the last Bodega Boys podcast, it was episode... They had they put up episode two two seven, yeah the two two seven jokes. <laughs> I mean no place child woo. So yeah so I think that uh, that just about does it for for this episode. Uh, be like Doc Bruce send us an email. Uh, and you can find us on the email tip at ddustpodcast at gmail.com uh, you can drop us a voicemail at what is the voicemail it's 415-787-5229 or you can just shoot us a, tw- uh, a tweet find us on twitter at ddustpodcast um, we'll be back next week for episode 5 not sure we'll never know what the names of these and I don't in the production meeting, I, I, I should I should always get these written Scholar. down, but, but but I don't. What is it, Scholar? Yeah. Wasn't that episode two, Scholar? The cave. The cave. Okay. So yes, this is where Mary is probably going to make her little do a little identity theft deal, and <laughs> you know. Because the cave is going to give her some very clear and very easy to follow instructions. And um, that's going to be very, very interesting. God, Mary Malone is such a good character. I love her so much. Okay. Mary Malone fan club is <laughs> over. We'll get it y'all next week. I, uh, I appreciate everybody for tuning in and spreading the, the, the show sharing our episodes on Twitter and and and, and, um, and all the various social medias. If you're in a group, one of the various uh, His Dark Materials group, and you see us posting in there, hit us up on Twitter. Say hi. It's much appreciated. So, until next week, folks, that's Rich. I'm Trav. Yeah. Podcast is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II and is produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network.